0: Hey there. Welcome to the Metro Minute, where if you're looking for the best practices in public education, you're in the right place. You happen to be checking out the last episode of our three part series on the life of a soup. For this episode, we're talking about what it looks like for a superintendent who's headed towards
1: retirement.
0: So I'd like to welcome Dr. Russ Piquel, the current superintendent for Riverview Community School District. I have been fortunate to know Dr. Piquel, for many years, as he's been a strong supporter of the Metro Bureau and a member of our executive board. And more importantly, um, he has been a superintendent, I believe, for the past 11 years. So correct me, Russ, if I'm wrong later. Um, And as we all know, that is a really long tenure for a superintendent. So we're excited that Dr. Piquel is here with us today, and we're also excited that he's going to be retiring soon, I believe the end of June. So he's going to have a lot of great experiences to share with us, as well as um, ideas for what happens when you go into retirement. So again, welcome, Russ. And to start, could you just share a bit about your background for us?
1: Sure. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Melissa and the Metro Bureau for this opportunity. Um, love the fact that we are doing these podcasts. Uh, been very informative so far, so I'm very happy to be a part of this. Um, yes, I have been the superintendent for the Riverview Community School District uh, for the past 11 years. Um, it has been a phenomenal experience. I have the opportunity to be the superintendent in the district where I grew up. Uh, went to school, um, worked as a coach, and raised my family uh, in. So when you have that kind of of an opportunity to really serve uh, your community and kind of give back to all of those folks that really contributed to you and your success, um, it, it is it's a wonderful thing. Prior to that, uh, I was also the superintendent of the Flat Rock Community School District uh, for five years. Another, wonderful experience. So when you talk about, you know, 16 straight years as as a, super in, a superintendent, uh, the retirement thing makes a little bit of sense. Uh, looking forward to that and just um, being able to enjoy some downtime and uh, quality time with the family is something that, that I'm really looking forward to.
0: So I, I love your story of the experience in the district. Um, I have a very similar s- story with my work in South Lyon. So I, I get that in terms of having, well, I actually, I wasn't a kindergartner, I don't think. In, I was not a kindergartner in South Lyon. I was other places. Um, but the fact that you grew up there and then came back, that's, that's just amazing. Um, so again, I love your story. Is there anything you can share about, were there specific mentors, and we didn't really talk about this before, that really influenced you into in the work that you did?
1: Yes. Um, you know, I think that is kind of how we get into this profession in the first place. And it certainly is a major part of how we grow and how we navigate through it. So um, I have to give credit. I've been very fortunate to benefit from some fantastic mentors. Um, My first one is Cora Kelly, who was the superintendent of uh, Melvindale and Northern Allen Park Public Schools, she was also my first principal when I first hired in and started teaching high school math and science. Um, so she was my first principal. And then when I became principal at Melvindale High School, she was also the superintendent. And just a absolute phenomenal lady with the dedication that she showed to her community. She had a knack. She knew every single person in that community, their parents, their aunts and uncles, and she was just an absolute wealth of knowledge, um, classy way to handle um, her handle community, very savvy as a superintendent on how to deal with boarding community relations. Um, you know, she was just one of those that, you know, you, you can look up to, and at the same time, she'll look at you and say, you know what, you have potential for this, and she's always been a guide, you know, throughout that process. Uh, The other ones I I definitely have to give credit to, Um, I had the opportunity to work very briefly with John Cerveri at Allen Park and Doug Pretty as well. Um, So when you take a look at those three powerful individuals as your mentors, um, you know, they're going to make sure that you are certainly ready for the challenges in front of you. Uh, And, you know, those are the ones that I really have to, to give credit to because they were the ones that were there for for my start and to get me started on, on that journey. And for, in some ways, uh, they're still there to be supportive now.
0: Well, and what I know about you, Russ, is that you are a mentor for many as well, too. So can you talk a little bit about your role um, as an educational influencer? I know you've done some work with, well, what's now K-12 Alliance and uh, throughout the county and throughout the state. So talk a little bit about that role um, as a superintendent and how you've impacted public education throughout through actually throughout the state.
1: So that's one of the, one of the aspects about this position that, um, you really have to be knowledgeable about because when it comes to the, the influences we have with legislators at the state level, um, you know, there, there was a time when we were more local controlled that, you know, it was more of a collegial relationship between school districts. But we know now that so much of what we do is dictated at the state and the federal level. Um, it, it really is important that we have strong advocates for public education, uh, people that are knowledgeable. Um, I did pursue that as my, um, you know, as my concentration for my doctorate degree, Uh, the educational leadership and policy studies. The policy studies was something that, you know, I, I quickly saw the importance of and wanted to gather as much information as possible because that is an area where a lot of our colleagues, they get so bogged down with what they have to in their local levels and with the curricular aspect and um, the other parts of our very difficult job that, you know, someone has to be on the watch for those policies and be able to sound the alarm when, when something detrimental comes up. Um, and we have one of those now. I mean, we're, we have a big talk at the state about, uh, you know, suspending the gas tax. Um, it's important to know that the way that we're funded every tax dollar goes into the school aid fund and every cut or suspension uh, results in cutting educational programs. And, you know, having that awareness and being able to, you know, to talk with the people that are making those policy decisions and make sure that they're making sound decisions for our children, um, it's just an aspect of our job that, you know, we have to make sure is covered and it's something that we have to team up and be able to do so that we can really concentrate on the work that needs to be done in our locals. And one of the benefits of, you know, being a long-standing superintendent is you almost feel the responsibility um, is on you for that. I, there are a lot of community things that I don't have to spend time on because I'm familiar with the community. I don't have to learn the culture because I, you know, I already know the culture. I don't have to worry about um, learning who the power players are in a particular city because, you know, I've been here for all that time. And once you get your leadership team established in your district and you have a pretty good working relationship with your labor unions, um, then you really have that responsibility to reach out and look for how you can be a better servant to um, other superintendents or other leaders in the academic arena as well. And that's that's kind of how I've approached you know, what I've done, um, in my career. It's, you know, I have to look at a bigger picture because, you know, Riverview cannot survive on its own, isolated, um, in an island. We are part of a bigger group and we, we all rely on each other for that common strength.
0: That's so important what you talked about that that we are K-12 Michigan (laughs) in so many ways. And, And it's it's about knowing your community and probably learning that piece to begin if you're a new superintendent. But then that kind of going outside that uh, realm to look at what's most important for the entire state, too, and then learning how to bring that information back to your community so they understand your example of the gas tax is really important because it, it sounds great maybe on one end if you're going to the gas pump, but how it impacts public education is a totally different Component. So, okay. thank you for, for sharing that as an example as well, too. So, kind of uh, wanted to touch on a couple other pieces too that I've talked with our other superintendents in this three part series is kind of like throughout this time period, um, and again with your tenure, kind of what keeps you up at night as you kind of uh, go through this role, or what has has kept you up at night, and then what's the best part about being a superintendent.
1: So the parts that keep you up at night are, you know, always those. Um, I, I I refer to those as the the tax the attacks from the outside. So, for for my tenure, we've, <laughs> with the exception of all of the federal dollars that have been poured in over the past couple of years, it has always been a series of of financial cuts, financial cuts, financial cuts. And at the same time, higher accountability to the point where you get squeezed out on a lot of these things. So I've had to live with, um, you know, that that one major cut in funding uh, under Governor Snyder, where it was like five hundred and seventy eight dollars per pupil and living under that fear. So so I'm always looking at the economic climate. How are we looking? Who is in uh, control of, of the state as far as the finances go? Um, when you get rocked like that to where you don't have enough time or enough flexibility to really adjust and the financial impact it could have and how that affects your programs and then trickles down to your kids, those are the things that you know those are the things that that keep me keep me up. Um, the rest of the stuff we've been able to, I think, weather those storms. we can handle. The academic piece, uh, you know we've got. We know what good teaching looks like. We know what uh, kids need. Um, you know, we know how to supply those social emotional supports. We've had to do that a lot from uh, the fallout from dealing with the pandemic um but it it's the finance thing and the fact that those things are outside of your control and you know it was the same situation even when I was here in Riverview in high school um back when dollars were funded locally we had a steel mill shut down and that was you know 20% of the operating budget for the district and just seeing how tragic those economic losses are. Those are the things that that keep me up. Um we've had some stability uh for for most of the years and I think that is, you know, so once I know that we have the economic stability, I can I can move along and keep you know moving the district forward. The best part about being a superintendent is the amount of impact you can have on in the current generation, that next generation um, you know, when you get to see your kids grow up in a district and you get to see the services that are provided and you get to see the, you know, the opportunities that they have and how they carry through, um, that into their careers. And, you know, the, the fact that, you know, being in the community, one of the things that I've started doing again is, uh, I started coaching swimming again. Started coaching. Okay, club thank swimming. goodness you're so, telling this story. Um, this is my you know, favorite I am, story. I'm seeing my five year olds, which I have not seen in a very long time, in a different light. I get to have them in the pool. I'm in the water with them. We are teaching them how to swim, teaching them how to compete. Um, you know, just having those opportunities. You know, helping the kids with baseball, watching the track meets, officiating the swim meets and the track meets. You know, those are the things that you know, you can do as a superintendent and, you know, reconnect with the kids. Being able to walk through a classroom and, you know, see kids smiling, and you can even see them smiling behind their masks because you can see it in their eyes. Um, You know, who else gets those opportunities? And then knowing, you know, on graduation when you hand them the, the diploma that, you know, you were part of getting them on a path that they could be successful. Those are the great things about being a superintendent. Those are the things that help you forget, you know, the, the, the constant complaining phone calls because someone didn't like what someone else said. Um, you know, those are the things that keep you going.
0: And I think I interrupted you, Russ, but I'm glad you told the swim story because that was one of my favorite stories that you told me that you were in the water with, I think, kindergartners and first graders teaching them how to swim. Was it last summer?
1: Yeah, it was last summer, and <laughs> I'll be honest, I've been doing it ever since. Oh. We actually had our end of the season swim party last night, so they were they were lined up, you know, seven deep, making sure that they took their turns, having me throw them into the water.
0: That's that's so amazing. So that's how I
1: got my workout in.
0: <laughs> that is good stuff. Good stuff. So, what wisdom and advice um, can you share with new and current superintendents beyond? Being engaged, obviously, with the students—that's our most important role. But
1: you know, I think the the best advice I can give is, you know, set your vision, set your ideals, be true to your ideals, and you know, always remember that you're there for the right reasons. Because there's, you're going to need a beacon to get you through. Um, the mundane times and even the difficult times. You're going to need to know that that what you are doing makes a difference and that the fight that you are fighting is the right one Um, because it's it's a thankless job on many aspects. You know, no one ever – you're not going to get those emails that say, I just wanted to take a few minutes to tell you you're doing a great job. I will get maybe three of those every year, tops. Um, we get plenty of the other ones, so you always have to remember that the majority of your people are supportive and are very happy about what you're doing. They're just not always going to be the vocal ones. But you have to have your own um you have to have your own compass set and you have to always be able to see it and you have to be able to remember it um, so that you can get through the difficult times.
0: Well, thank you so on a happy end. So what does retirement look like? Any special plans, hopefully still being in the pool?
1: Well, that is the one common question I get from all of my swimmers, because when they found out that I was retiring, you know, they they don't really know what I do during the day anyway. They just want to know, how does this affect what we're doing in the pool? So, I've told all of the parents and the kids, it's like, yeah, I'm retiring from my day job. I'm not giving up my coaching job just yet. Um, so that, that's obviously going to be a big part of it. Um, you know, I have, my middle son is just starting his career as a music teacher. So, you know, I want to be there to be able to support him. Um, you know, want to be there for, you know, for my wife and for my family, because, uh, you know, this job takes its toll and it takes a lot of time away from from the core people that you care about. So I want to be able to reconnect with them and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm continuing to be a good mentor to my my kids, um, good husband to my wife and a good son to my mother and my mother-in-law. You know, I think that's what's going to keep me busy for a while. Um, And then just taking a look at, you know, where else can I be of of assistance to, you know, whether it is mentoring other superintendents or mentoring building administrators, being a teacher mentor. Um, I just want to be able to, to make sure that I'm, I'm there for the people in our profession that are, are going to need that help because uh, I don't see things getting any easier. And I want to make sure that our profession uh, stays strong, you know, to provide the service that we do for the community.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us, and more importantly, for your years of service to the students, staff, and families at Riverview. Also, thank you, Russ, for using your role to reach beyond Riverview to advocate for all the children of Michigan. Um, I know you'll continue that work, even in retirement, and we know where to find you. So congratulations (laughs) again, and enjoy retirement. Anything else you want to share?
1: No, I think that's it. I think that, uh, you know, once again, this is a a great opportunity. I want to thank you once again for uh, thinking of me to to be on here and be able to partake. Um, You know, just for everyone out there, it's like you're here for a reason and the work that you do is important and always remember that because, uh, you know, seeing the smile on these kids' faces at graduation or being able to share in their success, that's, That's why we got into this field, and that's something that is well worth continuing.
0: Well, thank you again, Russ, and congratulations again, and thank you all for listening, and please, please say thank you to an educator, and remember, this is the best field you could possibly be in. So take care, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks so much for learning with us on the Metro Minute. This cast is powered by K-12 Media, always helping schools communicate with their communities. By the way, we love to see your comments and questions on this cast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button so you're always notified of up-and-coming episodes. Don't forget to visit our website at metrobureau.org for everything trending in public education in southeastern Michigan. We're so excited to see you
1: next time for the Metro Minute.